We are joined today by the fabulous Mary and Alison from Floco, and this is our October charity spotlight partner. So social enterprise charity businesses are shining a light on any and all of them that are doing amazing things to help others from the local community and beyond globally as well. So I'm really, really excited to catch to catch up with you guys because what you have created and what you're doing is phenomenal and best described through you, lovely ladies. So can you give us a wee overview of each of you and then tell us a bit about the brand? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm Mary. I'm one half of Floco. Um, I like to say one half or one of the co-founders of Floco. Um, and yeah, I've been yeah, with Alison from the very beginning. So we know crazy amounts about each other. It always blows my mind how, how much you've bonded when you start something like this. Um, yes. and then the <laughs> uh, I'm Alison I mean I always say my partner and then I've realized anyone who isn't in business I go like oh my partner Mary and they're like oh and I'm like, oh no no not like that my business partner Mary oh god so business partner um, yeah I've caused a lot of chaos over the last two years you'd think I'd have it down pat now but when they were close <laughs> um it's quite funny because between us we're generally like either I'm in charge of like generating chaos and Mary is behind me being like <laughs> or if you're looking at a product you're looking at what I've done and if you're looking at any of our like social stuff it's Mary's voice being like and this is how we're meant to we present ourselves Alison focusing you know what I love about that though it's like the beauty of business partnerships isn't it it's it's like when you're yin and yang it's yeah. where the magic happens because you can't both be the same person you need to both play to each other's strengths and weaknesses so that's really good to hear it's so funny because you wouldn't yeah. I don't know it's very hard to find that at the beginning and then be like what do you enjoy and what like I want everything that I say I hate you to say you love but actually working it out and then realizing I'm like yes I don't have to do that again have it <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it okay so when did when did you two how did the business partnership come about then when did you meet oh that nice three years ago I think yeah at university I was studying economics my dissertation research was in teachings well was around how we should teach sexual health what does effective look like what does hopeless and scary look like and where do you make a happy medium and that had taken me out to a charity in Kenya who I absolutely loved who were all about supporting orphans, making sure they were supporting their community. They had the resources they needed. And one of the many things they had to do with that was teach sexual health. Yeah. And so they'd said, sure, come and spend your dissertation on how we can improve this. We want anything that will work. And I was stood in a classroom at that point. And I was like 30, 14 year old girls. And we were looking at why in that area they had a very high teenage pregnancy rate. They also had one in four have HIV. And so trying to work out what's going on, you're in a really high risk zone. And so we spent the entire lesson talking about different forms of sexual health and then being like, so for our average girl in this school, why might she be having sex? And if you say that to your standard 14 year old here, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine you're generally going to get something around peer pressure, something around curiosity, something around, well, maybe other people are, or I just want to see what's happening. And I had all my scripted answers for how we were going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And the girls came back and they were like, well, we can't afford period products. And they're in a secondary school, most boarding, uh, most secondary schools in Kenya are boarding schools. 
and so can't afford them means they are not attending at all. And when they speak to the older girls, the older girls tell them there are men in the village. Spend the night with these men, do as they ask, and you come back to school with period products. Oh, wow. That is shocking. Yeah. Just so many levels of like anger came through me on, well, actually, like a lot of the research around sexual health is around promiscuity and how much young girls are sexually active because they choose, which annoys me on a whole different level. Yeah. But being like, well, actually, well, all this, all this education is useless because you already know what you're doing is risky. You don't want to be doing it, but you want your education more. So tell me what lever I'm meant to pull to get you to <laughs> make a better choice. And so I met Mary then when I came back and said, you know, I'm now writing my dissertation saying we've got this kind of finding, how do you improve sexual health in this environment? But how do you get them products? What should what does a better solution look like? And we started there with like, what are all the options available to you? Looked at the is it reusable? Is it disposable? Is it a cup? Is it a, something weird and wonderful? And then how do you finance it? How do you get it out into the absolute middle of nowhere in Kenya? What does that look like as a supply, as a community? And yeah, three years on, we're still working with some of those issues to find out how do you make things work in different environments, but realizing that for us, the best solution came down to making the most affordable product we could and then selling it in those communities through the women who were there, who had the training to talk about it, to make sure there's always an access point and it's not reliant on anyone, but is worked within that community. Wow. What a story, like such a lovely brand story and what a, what a good mission that you've got as well. So talk to us then, you guys, you had your dissertation, Alison, you met out with Mary. What did you do at university, Mary? I'm, I'm really nosy, so. so. Yeah, no, I was doing history, so okay. nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Um, but I mean, every time you say you're going to study in history, everyone's like, what are you going to do with your life? So it kind of it fits in with that. Um, but yeah, I met Alison. Um, kind of at uni and then she kind of told the story like she just did now yeah. and I think we probably had the same reaction of like oh my god how did I not know this existed like I was really frustrated that I hadn't heard of it before and that kind of naive moment of I've never like I'm so privileged that I've always had access to period products how did I not know this existed um, and that kind of anger and frustration definitely fueled me to think okay let's let's yeah try and find a solution and figure something out um so yeah let's kind of do that amazing make a difference I mean that's like I mean it is it's like a whole other level of period poverty isn't it when girls are doing performing sexual acts because they want to go they want to get period products to go to school to learn mm -hmm. it's yeah. like it is shocking and like you say you know if, if you are able to buy period products every month then you are in a real position of privilege so yeah Okay, so talk to us then about the product itself. How did how did that come about? The, the design. I'm sure there was lots of different designs and meetings and everything. So give us an overview of that. Yeah, it's been through. It's been through many an iteration. The first one we did in Kenya, we actually made out of recycled bed linen because okay. most hotels chuck out their bed linen fairly frequently, so you can get lovely quality fabrics that are still almost brand new. But 
they weren't technically feasible and it made it the product harder to work with and so then we gradually swapped to okay what does what does a better material look like while not compromising too much on those costs and along the way we've now diverted and we have two we have one internationally where we've got best we can with the costings were available to us and so there's like daft differences in how they're sewn Mm -hmm. but it's the same structure in both of them of a top material that's really good at staying dry Mm -hmm. because that was the the loudest bit of feedback we generally got was I'm worried about reusables because I'm worried about sitting in something wet all day yes and being like okay well then how do we make sure that you're never going to pull that exact face at me go I'm like yeah um no one has a good word for it but everyone's face and voices just they tell you when you've hit a spot or not and then a middle it's all about getting absorbency Mm -hmm. it's funny that regardless of whether we're in Scotland or in Kenya or somewhere else people want to be able to wear their product for longer you want to be able to do as much time in your day without having to think I need to change have I got a spare where's the nearest bathroom how do I work and then our bottom in both is obviously a waterproof layer because no one needs a leak but when we halfway through our product development journey we had forced oh, I think every woman and everyone else we knew between us to try our products and tell us what they thought of them yeah we started to get a lot of feedback from friends family and <clears throat> random strangers that they were really comfortable mm-hmm. and that was never something we were considering in well okay comfort was important but in terms of our priorities it was like well does it work over of course does it feel like a cushion to sit on? Yeah. And we had this amazing moment to me and Mary when we were like, is this everyone having us on? Or have we done something we haven't realized? And there's a reason that everyone is telling us they're really comfortable. And thankfully, Mary is a great investigator, which is why you probably shouldn't tell her what product you use, but she'd be like, so let's hear it. And what are those choices? And tell me all about them. What do you like about your product? And she was like, uh, yeah, it is. It's that most people find their products here don't really fit what they need or they're itchy or they're they're rustly yeah I don't like them and we've inadvertently found a product that solves that and so that's where we really focused then for the British product was all around comfort was making it feel like it was just like your underwear yeah it felt like your underwear all day that you couldn't see it through leggings or jeans because that was a common thread coming out of people was I'm scared that others can see it and yeah. now we've just spent a whole load of work making sure that they never move because that's something that, again, people are worried about with a reusable. It slips off sideways. And so it's... how do you keep it still? And so, yeah, it's been an insane amount of product being cut, made, sewn, tried, edited and repeated. Yeah. But it has definitely got us to the work for the two markets they're in. And then with a list of like, here are other things we'd like to do at some point as we keep talking to people. Amazing. Okay, brilliant. So a re a reusable pad that yeah. we can obviously, and we so same in the UK, we're buying this pad from Floco. You then give a percentage, don't you? To yeah. help with your mission, yeah. which yeah. is incredible. So not only 10 percent yeah yeah sorry yeah so it's like for every pack we're able to donate kind of 10 percent of our revenue directly to what we're doing um either internationally kind of like our social mission side yeah and then yeah that's working with either charities on the ground kind of donating products or working with those charities to train women in the community to actually sell them so kind of training women to sell their own businesses yeah because we're really kind of i don't know 
me and Alison are quite passionate about setting up those initiatives so that they're sustainable and they're empowering for the whole community and it's not like here's products that's it we're never going to speak to you again it's like how do we build something that's going to last um, and is actually run by the community rather than kind of run by us if that makes yes. sense. <laughs> power, power to the people it's the, it's the fish in the teaching the yeah. fish analogy isn't it 100 yeah. percent. and and for the for the women in the, that community being able to have your own business that is going to be shared and, and passed down so that's another amazing yeah. thing okay so that's brilliant so we say for example now I am going to go on and buy because before we went live we were also talking you know obviously COP26 is coming up in Glasgow and you know there's going to be a lot of worldwide things that everybody's going to have to do now to save the planet like basically mm -hmm. I suppose that is exactly what we're going to have to do but I think period products I mean I know there's stats out there that they are you know like millions of them are found in the sea aren't they and it's just crazy it's such a, a problem for the environment so if we've got something that's recyclable that we can reuse and it helps women around the globe I mean for me it's a total no-brainer so say I buy this product how often could I how long could I expect it, it to last for can last um about 100 washes um okay. so depending on like how long like how often you're washing it so how many products you buy kind of upright if that makes sense um but it tends to be between two and five years um but i mean thinking of how many period packs you're kind of buying per period for a year um i just think that it's like your bathroom bin like filled up with all those products and like how many bins are you saving um yeah. kind of over those five years is crazy because I think it's like the average person uh, with a period will use like 11,000 plus disposable products in their lifetime and they can be like 90% plastic. So that's yeah. just a lot, a lot of waste. Um, so yeah, by kind of swapping to reusable, you're cutting that, cutting that massively, which is fab. <laughs> which is fab, absolutely. Sorry, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so Mary, you guys all also do things in schools in the UK don't you? Yep so yeah that's kind of like my I love the educational side of things but yep. so when we came back from Kenya um, we started kind of doing some research in Scottish schools because I mean we realised that period poverty is not unique to one like community, continent, um, country and it exists here in Scotland as well. So we were initially doing research to see you know would our product be something young people are looking for, how could we like what are attitudes towards reusables here um, but it was kind of through those chats that we realised no one wanted to talk to us about periods um, and the kind of stigma and embarrassment around it was still absolutely massive, which is something I hadn't really expected. Um, it was students like not even able to look me in the eye, um, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, so we thought, okay, what's the issue here? And we kind of started talking some about what education they were currently getting around periods and puberty. I mean, some students don't get any at all. Um, it's not always mandatory. Um, and then often people get taught in a very awkward, kind of rigid environment. So it's like girls go to one classroom, boys go to the other classroom, um, and you're told something in each classroom, and no one's ever told like what each other were told. Yeah, what so each other's learning. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's like, oh, um, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> um, and we realised, okay, could we do kind of something, something to fit in with that? So we started doing more research and then we worked with a charity to kind of develop some workshops and lessons all around periods and puberty and growing up 
but the whole aim is to kind of focus in on the social side of those topics and the mm-hmm. emotional side um, and they're taught to all genders in a really fun kind of wacky environment we use lots of games and interactive activities to make them memorable because I think no one ever remembers a slideshow but also I think it allows students to like laugh and kind of get over the awkwardness and actually get to a really we always end up having really amazing discussions because that awkwardness is like taken away um so yeah I love that side I love dancing around the classroom and it's been so nice to be back in school kind of post-covid doing that again brilliant it's so and it's so good for you like you're saying it's almost it's key market research for you as well with your brand Mm -hmm. because you know the younger girls are gonna I mean I reckon it probably will have to go recyclable like I do I do think that's the way things are going so you know getting their input as well is is such a lovely thing for you guys to you know develop as a brand and to so that sounds really really good I think like you said I mean when I was younger periods were always a bit of a taboo subject and you know, you didn't really talk to about your friends about it or, or you know, if you spoke to your partner about it, it was more a negative thing, like, oh, is it your time of the month? Type yeah. And I think it is quite important for women to, like, have that knowledge of different key points where they'll feel tired or they might feel a wee bit emotional. And because there is so much going on in our bodies and actually there has been a real turn towards women's, you know, fitness, people working out, it's key times of their monthly flow. And then yeah. also I've heard of some women arranging their work schedules based on like, I know I'm going to be on it on day one to like, and that's not a quote because actually I, I may have got that back to front, but day X yeah. to X, they're like, I'll take meetings, I'll do networking. But then on day X to Y, they're like, I'll be shattered. I'll sit in my laptop, I'll do my emails. So I think that's a really, really clever way for women to yeah. kind of, move going forward rather than going full pelt because it's a big thing that happens every month no it really is we always like we i can always geek out about this but just that we always say i think like the menstrual cycle and people cycle people think it's just a period and then that's it and we only really talk about it in terms of like periods we're trying to get pregnant and if it's not at any of those points no one really cares yeah but like how much is going on is crazy um, and I think people only start to think about it kind of in that sense of if they're maybe trying to get pregnant or trying not to get pregnant. And then it's actually that realization that it's actually it's really complex and there's a lot to learn. And then people almost have that moment of like freaking out of like, ah, I can't, like, what's happening? I don't actually understand my cycle or my body at all because I've never been given this information. All I've been told is that you have a period and that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just, it's good to, and you ladies are obviously kind of pioneers as well, like leading these conversations with these young girls and women, it's it's key for their um, knowledge moving forward. And like you say, bring boys, bring men into the discussion so that hopefully when they're older and they're at our stage, they won't have someone going, oh, it's your time of the month. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so fun, like chatting to everyone in this class. And the boys are always really thankful that we've kind of trusted them with the information. I think I remember loads of young boys kind of turning to us initially during the research stage and saying, oh, I'm too embarrassed to talk about it because I actually have no idea like what a period is because no one's ever taught me. So yeah. I kind of make fun of the girls because it's like my defense mechanism almost, um, yeah. which isn't right. I'm like, I mean, ideally there's no making fun of people, but yeah. I kind of understand where it's coming from. So it's really nice to kind of just have everyone in the class and be like, 
yeah rip open those tampons rip open those pads like actually see what they look like because you've never seen one before and um, so it's just like curiosity as well at that age which I think is really sweet yeah absolutely so what is what's the dream for you what would be like the dream situation for you ladies moving forward and because you lo- you launched the brand a couple of months ago is that right yeah it's kind of been like um it's been like different stages but we kind of rebranded yeah a month or two ago that's right um, and we've kind of just been there's been kind of more more things being released kind of as we've gone um because we used to be called lily pads so it's been nice to kind of have this new name and lift kind of yes. everything um like moving forward to like mark mark the next stage <clears throat> yes brilliant because the website is so nice and where can where because that was because I remember Alice was saying the website's coming out and it's launching so it would be good to chat when it's all out and I love the website so user-friendly it looks great what is that the place then that for any ladies listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube they can go to buy yep so flocalware.com um, and then it's f-l-o-c-o where because I think but it's like community of people who flow but I always do that because it's it's not the easiest thing to sell um yep. and I yeah you that. can get them there for now um, okay so brilliant com, and then what's the plan kind of moving forward then yeah I mean we have lots of things planned I think yep. um our main aim is kind of building up awareness about us as a brand to try and kind of um ideally you know we want to be one of the like leading like reusable period uh, products out there so just increasing awareness about reusable period pads and our period pads and um, so that we can grow as a company and hopefully expand where our pads are available and things yeah um and then kind of from there that would allow us to obviously expand the impact we have so I think that's a key metric for us in terms of success is that we would love the freedom to really dive into the not-for-profit and the international side so we can set up a model where anyone who needs kind of period products in communities where there's no access can kind of get resources from us or get training for us from us so they can set up their own projects and their own um businesses um it's kind of the dream <laughs> yeah oh absolutely I mean what a fantastic dream as well I think when but brands have got a social mission like yours and or you're, you know you're giving back you're speak you're going into schools you're actually meeting kids I just think it's credit to you because not all businesses do it but you've actually got you are making positive change and positive impact and I think so many brands could learn from you to give back that's so nice thank you that's so lovely well, honestly it's so good I am literally going to come off this podcast and go straight onto your website and buy and I'm going to message my friends and say don't you think it's time that we stop <laughs> using these things so frequently and start using recyclable floco pads because they look great as well yeah this is what they look like as well for people and like I was like because I've also like some people I've not seen them before but they are like this and Amazing. then yeah you just attach them using your like attach them under your underwear like a normal pad um, and then just shove them in the wash so yeah, it seems like effort, but it's actually, yeah, crazy easy with modern washing machines and things as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So for anybody listening rather than watching this on YouTube, Mary was shown us there. It's a couple of oh, yeah, popper, a couple of poppers 
or not at all. Look, a couple of poppers round round your pants to keep it in, uh, keep keep it in place whilst you're using it, and then yes, very easy just to pop it off, pop it in the wash. Amazing, right? Okay, and let me see. So I'm on the website just now because I'm going to, as I say, go on. So we've got the superstar, the sleepy one, the little one. You've got a full range offer as well. You've got an active pad, backup pads. So you've actually developed things for different level of flows. You've got a carrier bag as well, period pads for teens. So you've actually got a number of different products as well. Yeah, it was like listening to people and realizing some of it is that we talk about it differently or that mm-hmm. people actually do need a much bigger range of what is sometimes easily available. And it's like our backup was that moment when we realized it's 80% off the top of my head of people who wear tampons and cups also wear a pad because they're nervous about what might happen next. And yeah. it was like, well, if you, especially if you've changed to a cup already, you're already on that mission. Can we make it a little bit easier so you're not putting something disposable in your underwear as well? And yes. then I think my my favorite stories have been, well, actually maybe my most terrifying and interesting stories have been women who've given birth and hearing just how much pelvic floors kind of go and decide they no longer want to do their job and therefore you leak a bit of urine. And so that was our first set of comments when we launched the crowdfunder this time last year was, can I use this for urine? And be like, oh, I mean, yes, you need an absorbent product. So as long as it urine doesn't interact with materials and make it worse, which it doesn't, then you're fine. It was like, well, and how do we make a pad that doesn't say a pelvic floor that's gone and rather an active pad? Because that's what we were trying to do. But that has been, I don't know, something that's hit me hard doing it and realizing that in my head when we started, you know, incontinence was something that your grandma faced. Mm-hmm. And then having people in their 30s talk to me and I'm like, oh, you're very young. You're very young to be saying that you don't want to go jogging anymore because you're a bit worried about what your body's about to do. It might be time that we have a lot better solutions available to you that aren't always as judgy as some of them sometimes feel in terms of like, well, you've let it go rather than like, now nah, your body's just gone through like an epic event. Like yes. hats off to you. You managed to push out of it. Yeah. Of course, things are going to go a little bit sideways. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes as well, it can be the stigma of being at a supermarket and putting things mm-hmm. on uh, putting things on the belt. And because I know a few of my friends who have had like a number of babies and it is a very common thing to, you know, and, you know, you've always got that kind of, they'll never go on like a, a bouncy castle with their kid or they'll never do so and yeah sometimes it can be going through the checkouts with the tena ladies or whatever products other products are available obviously and just not wanting to you know have yeah. that kind of yeah the stigma related to it so having something like this again. i mean like think cripes how much how we all hide pair products when we go to a checkout and put that <laughs> under you whatever else you've bought to try and conceal it and this sadly it's like one level past that yeah. I mean, I would much rather we also didn't hide them as much, but baby steps at the moment, how can we make it as comfortable as possible? It is baby steps, 100%, but you guys are very much so helping with that. So, oh, listen, it's just been so lovely talking to you. Your brand is beautiful. I love your mission. And if there's ever anything that you guys are doing that you want the GGC to push, then give us a shout because what you're doing is incredible and, you know, we'd love to support you however we can. 
much. Thanks for having us on. It's been so nice chatting. Not at all. Maybe we should do another one, maybe like next year, and just see a wee floco top up, find out how you're getting on, see what's happening next, and see whatever we can. But yes, as Mary had mentioned earlier on, for anybody looking to go on and purchase or even just have a wee nosy just now, it's flocoware.com. Head there, and I'm certainly going to be doing that right now. Amazing. Yeah, we're also on all our kind of socials and stuff and we love yes. a chat. So if anyone wants to like send us a message, I'm always on it. So um, um and I love chatting to people. So any questions or any thoughts, definitely let us know. Fab, brilliant. And tell us what's your social handles? So our social handles are flocal.period for um our Instagram and then our Facebook flocal.uk. Um and those are our main ones that we're kind of active and, and happy about. <laughs> brilliant amazing okay well thank you so much for taking the time ladies it's been lovely talking to you i'm really looking forward to watching how your brand flourishes and how you all the good things that you're going to be doing as it does thank you so much thanks for having us speak to you soon